And MLM Rebel is a new breed of network marketer, smarter, truly independent, and free. MLM Rebels wage war against the soul-sucking corporate world and against network groups who would rather preserve doctrine than helping people get results. MLM Rebels recognize when the world changes and changes with it. MLM Rebels don't believe in duplicating things that no longer work and would rather work without a safety net than within the confines of one. MLM Rebels are only involved in opportunities that give everyone an equal playing field instead of a top-heavy one. We don't care about the sacred cows of MLM, we don't care about the industry, and we do not care about the way it's always been done. We care about people following their gut. We care about people being able to quit their jobs now. We care about people being with their family instead of their boss every day. We care about people being with their family instead of their team all day. We care about people living free. We believe a truly free networker has multiple streams of income. We believe a truly free networker's creativity isn't shackled by their company's contract. We believe a truly free network marketer actually knows how to market and that they run their business like a real business. MLM Rebels prioritize faith, family, business, sacrifice sacred cows, build their own empires, never rebel against each other, and change the world. MLM Rebels know they are not confined by doctrine, not stifled by the past, and know they are one business away. My name is Zach Spear, and welcome to MLM Rebels. Hey, what's going on, guys? It's Zach Spear here. wanted to... Uh, let's record this episode for you. This is going to be episode one of MLM Rebels. And of course, you know that if you're listening to this right now. Um, so this is actually being recorded before we officially launched the podcast or really anything. So welcome to the pre, pre, pre-launch. pre But anyway, what I wanted to do is give you some context for what this uh, brand and hopefully movement is and will become. Um, so, my name is Zach Spear. You've already probably figured that out by now. And I have uh, been in the MLM industry for quite a while. Um, but if you haven't heard of me before, you haven't heard of me and Ashley before, we have another podcast, and maybe that's where you have found us. And that other podcast is called Entrepreneur Discovered. And it has been um, a lot of fun. It's probably been the most. I don't know. I don't know what the right word to say. It's not like it's not like it's been the most financially biggest investment for us, but it's been awesome. Like we have had some amazing connections, and the whole point of that podcast is to empower the the entrepreneurial community. So we've had guests from the internet marketing world that are like very, very, very big in the internet marketing space. Um, we have had guests from other businesses, um, like bloggers that make millions of dollars a year. Um, we've had people on there that are reforming the education industry. We've had, we've had Olympians on there. We've had former pro athletes that have started uh, humongous businesses. We have had product inventors that have started, scaled, and sold companies for uh, lots and lots and lots of money. It has been really, really awesome. And so we're still doing that today. Um, that is the way that we are empowering the entrepreneurial community as a whole and trying to just do our part in that. And also, it, from a selfish perspective, it's been really, really um, good as far as like me and Ashley making new connections just in the world. It's been a awesome mechanism or a lever that we can use to, uh, like we have a reason to reach out to people that are you know, a couple you know, notches above our weight class, if you will. And that's been really fun and really cool. Now this podcast um, titled MLM Rebels is specifically aimed at serving the MLM community. And I'm going to give you a little bit of my background as to why, I want to let you know why we're doing this, why we're starting this, um, and just why it is be going to become, hopefully, what we want it to become. And um, But we're not going to get like super in the weeds with like all of that stuff, because I know you want to know like why 
like why are you listening to this right now and what what's in it for you right and and that's that's the way I listen to podcasts that's why I consume information I want to I'm not there to make the podcast host you know feel good I'm there to learn for me and to help my life right so I imagine that's why you're listening to this as well and that's what I want to hopefully answer in the in the time we've got today so to give you an idea of what this will look like um, we're probably going to have episodes from you know 7 or 8 minutes to 20 minutes long and they'll be recorded with a fairly low amount of editing. So if you're used to Entrepreneur Discovered, um, there's going to be a lot less editing than that. And there's not a ton there, but it is, you know, professionally produced. Uh, we always have the right microphones and the right people editing it. And there's, you know, we, you know, we cut out stuff when people say, um, too much or whatever like that. Um, whereas we're not, that's not really going to be the case here. It's going to be us talking, us having a conversation and, um, Hopefully in the same way that you're listening to it. So I'm in my car right now. Maybe you're in your car right now. Um, I'm going to be you know, walking around doing my thing, and, and I want you to be listening to this in that same way. Um, and, uh, and yeah, that's what you can expect from that. As far as episode frequency, you can probably expect an episode every few days. Okay, so with Entrepreneur Discovered, it's every one week. Um, well, that's the goal. Sometimes it's every two weeks because of... Uh, um, quite frankly, my laziness or my lack of planning. Um, but that's what you have been hopefully getting used to with Entrepreneur Discovered is once every week-ish. This will be every few days because it's going to be a lot less, like I said, a lot less editing, a lot more from the heart, um, a lot more things like I'm discovering right now, right? And so the the position that, that I'm coming from, the position that Ashley is coming from is not one of a guru on top of the mountain, okay? Like, have we figured some things out? Yes. Um, have we arrived at our final destination? Like we're not even freaking close. Um, like, yeah, do we? Ha- are we? Are we a couple steps ahead of some people? Yep. Are we um, a couple steps behind some people? Yep. Are we like five million steps behind some people? Oh yeah, you better believe it. So some of this is going to be like, hey, this is these are the things that I've discovered. I hope they can help you. And some of this is like, hey, I'm learning things. I'm discovering things, and you know, I we're learning together, right? Like I'm sharing my experiences with you or our experiences with you. And I hope that's, I hope that's, I hope you know that like we're learning we're on this journey together in a lot of ways. As of this exact moment, MLM Rebels is not officially launched. There, the course is not launched. The, the system itself is not out there. Um, there is nothing. If you're listening to this, well, by the time this comes out there, there might be something, but as of this moment, when I'm speaking to you, that isn't there. There is a lot of stuff. There's a lot of wireframes. There's a lot of plans. There's a lot of things that are getting somewhat close to actually being out there in the world. But nothing at this, at this moment is out there, okay? Um, so it just kind of gives you an idea of, like, time frame. If you're listening to this in multiple years from now or whatever, that's where we are at, as, I'm, as I'm saying this. Um, I'm driving back from the grocery store right now. I just picked up some groceries. It's a Thursday afternoon uh, or Thursday late morning. We just got back from a trip, and we have no food at the house, so I went out in the middle of the day to pick up some food so that we stopped eating, like, tuna and bread. Um, so that's exciting. But, okay, let's jump into a little bit as to how this came to be and why this is even a thing, why this is something that Ashley and I feel that we have to get out to the world, okay? And I'm going to do my very best to not sugarcoat anything. Um, you know, the, 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 the business that we were brought up in taught, taught us how to be really good verbal ninjas, how to be pretty solid at verbal jiu-jitsu and kind of avoiding the thing that we really had to say, but you still got the point. It was just a lot softer. And I'm going to try to avoid that. Uh, I'll be honest with you. Like it's going to take me some work. So uh, yeah, uh, I'll just do, I'll do my best to give you the, I'll always give you the truth. I've always given people the truth. I've never lied to people, but 
I have definitely trained myself to give the truth in a softer way. And, you know, there is time and place for that. And um, there, like when you're leading people and you're leading team members, like, yes, you have to do that sometimes, especially if you're a harsh personality type like I am. And I had to learn that. But I, I think I went a little overboard and I, I really softened the blow too much um, in a lot of ways. And so I'm going to try to take those layers off. And I, ho- I hope you're patient with me as I do that. Um, in fact, this is my second time recording this, this episode. I did it once and it actually turned out really good. But I noticed there's a few things that I said during this story part that were truthful, but I was softening the blow um, to either not so much you as a listener, but but to people that were a part of our other team, the the, the people that were a part of our old, you know, uh, you know, yeah, the people that were part of our old team, our upline, our downline, our crossline, all of them. And I realized that they will probably like they probably will never listen to this podcast. But if they do, like I wanted that, I didn't want to be, I didn't want to hurt them. And you know what? Like I still don't want to hurt them. But by me kind of skirting around certain things, trying to not hurt them, I'm actually hurting you as the listener, as the person that wants the truth. And if they want the truth, they can listen to this. And you know what? It's going gonna, it's gonna to wreck their world a little bit. But they most likely never will. And if they do, like, I hope this sets them free. And, um, and if it doesn't, then that's okay too. But... A little bit of background. I'm not going to give you the full dirty dog story right now because this has already been like, I don't even know how long, maybe 10 minutes or so. So I'm not going to spend a ton of time at this exact moment. We'll get into other areas of the story for sure um, in, in future episodes. But give you a little bit of context. I was in uh, an MLM. I was in a company for, um, for a total of eight years. But for the first six years, I was 100% indoctrinated and in doing everything that I was supposed to be doing. Um, I was in one of the oldest companies in existence. I'm going to, I'm going to hold that part back because I don't want to, to bash that, that company. Um, but you could probably figure it out if you wanted to like, you know, dig on me a little bit, I'm sure. Um, but I was in one of the oldest companies in existence and for the first five and a half, six years, something like that, I did literally everything that I was told to do. And I was like, I mean, I don't want to say I was the perfect, (laughs) the perfect downline, the perfect student, because there's probably areas that I wasn't, but and for all intents and purposes, like if you told me to do something, I did it. You told me to go make a, like when I first got in, t- make a list of your entire warm market. Boom, I did it. Um, you told me to go call that whole thing. I did it. I ran out of that list. I made a list of over 800 people and I called them all. Um, my first, my like second month in the business, I had like 20 people on my team. And this is in one of the oldest companies in existence. The business is built entirely old school, still is today meaning it's only built through hotel meetings and coffee shop meetings and one-on-one phone calls, stuff like that. Like it is 100% old school. There is nothing online about it. And, and if, and if they think there is something online about it, it's not like none of the marketing none of the recruiting is online. It is 100% old school. So for me to have like 15, 20 people on my team within a few months coming out the gate was insane. It was like one of the, it was like, wow. Like I remember my like third month in the business, the, the top earner in Chicago was doing a seminar and we were there. I was part of his downline and um, I got to go to his house and like spend time with him and stuff because I was like one of the rising stars. And very quickly that success was not long. Like, oh, oh, by the way, like when I say I had that many people on the team, I did, but it's not like I was successful. Like I wasn't making really anything. I just, you know, had a lot of good growth coming out of the gate. 
because people will spend years in that business having trying to get 15, 20 people on the team, and I got that in a few months. So what happened is all those people quit, and I ended up rebuilding that 20-person team like 10 times. I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm barely exaggerating. I think it was actually it was actually nine times. I rebuilt a 20-person team like nine times. And the reason I kept having to rebuild is because my retention sucked, but also because the like the speed at which you got results in that company is it's abysmal. It's it's just dreadful, and we're going to talk about why. Um, and so what happened is, is as I went through my war market, that le- that was gone, and now what are you left with when you're done with them? Well, the only option if you're building entirely offline is what cold calling or cold contacting, and. We didn't teach cold calling. Like, I didn't even know that was an option, and it shouldn't be for you, by the way. It's a horrible idea. But cold calling was not even an option. Like, buying lists was not an option. But cold contacting was. So meeting people out there in the world was our way of expanding the business once our market, our warm list was gone. So after work every day, I would spend uh, hours, two, three, four hours every night going out to gas stations, to Targets, to Walmarts, whatever, cold contacting people and bringing up the business to them or getting their number and bringing up the business to them later and then recruiting them into my business. And I recruited like 50 people doing that. I'm going to take a drink for a second. I recruited like 50 people doing that, which is a fair amount. Um, But the thing is, once I did all of that, I'm going to fast forward now. We sponsored hundreds and hundreds of people in this business, which I know for some MLMs, if you're doing it online or if it's a newer company that people are actually excited about, like hundreds and hundreds of people is not that impressive. For our company that we were in, I'm not, I'm not tooting my own horn. Like we failed in that company. Okay, I'm just going to lay it right out there. We failed in that company and most people do. I'm just laying that out there. We failed. So when I say we're sponsored hundreds and hundreds of people, I'm not saying it's a good thing, but I am saying that's more than 99.9% of everyone that ever gets inside of that company because it's just a freaking ton. I mean, we spent a long time doing that. And at the end of the day, when we got to the end of like the six-year mark, five-and-a-half-year mark is really where I started to have some of these realizations I'm going to explain. At the five-and-a-half-year mark, um, I was making like $500 a month, maybe $1,000 a month on, a, on like a good month. I think like $900 at that point was like my biggest month ever. Um, and that was like, that was where I was at. I had sponsored tons of people and I was making like 500 to $900 a month at best. And I was pretty angry, you guys. Like I was very mad. And up to this point in my career, I had not questioned anything. Like I was told that the system was infallible. And I believed it, and I spoke it, and I did it, I did the work, I never questioned anything. I worked my guts out. Like, I probably worked 40 hours a week in the business outside of my full-time job for every single week for five years. That is not an exaggeration. I'm not BSing you. I'm not sugarcoating that. That is an absolute fact. I took one vacation, and it wasn't even a vacation. It was gone for like four days, um, or five days, and my dad was doing a missionary missionary work, and I spent... Um, most of the week with him while he was out on a mission work. He was doing it for seven months or, no, excuse me, five months. And I took one week to go visit him during that time. That was my vacation. Um, and I'm going to tell, I'm going to talk about that at another time too. Cause that was a, that was a, it, it, there's not very many things I regret in life. And that decision I made made me who I am today, but I would change that. And I'm going to talk about that at some time. And I made that choice, that lack of vacation choice out of stupidity. And I want to help you avoid that. Um, 
So that's how much I worked in the business. My results were low. And you can argue all you want. And you know what? There is even a piece of me that would be on your side. Like that, that I could have done things differently. I could have been better. And you know what? You could be right. I could have done better. Or maybe I could have been better and whatever. But all I have is my story. And I will say this for anyone, for anyone that knows me or Ashley, like, you know, that we're not like, we're not people that should have this hard of a time building a business. I know that for a fact, because the next business I started, which you'll hear about in a second, blew up really, really fast. I doubled my corporate income in nine months. And yet I couldn't even scratch my corporate income in six years in this MLM. And so after five and a half years, I started questioning things. I started being like, okay, like I have higher than average skill. I'm a good speaker on stage. I'm a good speaker in person. Uh, I can get people to like me. They trust me. They, they've told me, like I've had tons of people, almost everyone that's ever quit on my team, like has told me like, Zach, you're going to be huge in the business. I believe in you. I just don't think I can do it. And so I started thinking like, okay, well, like if you don't think you can do it, that means that means that I'm like, there's something wrong with me. Like I'm not doing it right. Right. So I started fixing things, started fixing things, started trying to adjust things. And then finally it all came to a head five and a half years in. And I'm like, what is the matter? Like, is it possible? Like I've spent all this time being told that if there's an issue in my business, it's me. Right. And that, and you should believe that like most likely if there's an issue in your business. It's probably you, but there is a chance every once in a while that maybe just maybe the vehicle that you have chosen is wrong, is not good, is no longer acceptable. Just like our job vehicle, right? Like we're told when we first um, see MLM for the first time, we're told that like you are a really good worker and you have high ambition, but the vehicle you're in is broken, i.e. your job. But what if the MLM vehicle I chose was broken? That never occurred to me. And it finally occurred to me five and a half years in. I was like, what if that system is not as infallible as it's said to be? And what I started to discover is that every person that grew and that made a lot of money in my business made their money before the information age. There is only one person that I know of in the United States that makes us that makes a solid income and made their income after 2010 meaning they built their team after 2010. Everyone else, like, and of course, there's always a unicorn somewhere. It's a massive, massive company, so there's bound to be one unicorn. But the stuff he has to do to make 300 grand a year is mind-boggling. I would never want to do it, ever. Um, but everyone else made their income, they built their team pre-2010. Now, sure, some people still grow, but for the most part, for the most part, for the 90% plus of cases, Everyone who makes good income made their income before the information age. And what happened, and, I'm, and what I believe has happened to the MLM world, especially for a big company, is a lot of people have had bad experiences with companies in the past, right? Like with MLM. So if you if you get in an old school MLM and you go tell your family, most likely your family or your family's parents or aunt or uncle or friend has had experience with that company. And most likely it wasn't a good one because 20 plus years ago, people didn't think about the repercussions of their actions as much as they do today. And people still don't today, actually. So people didn't think about the repercussions of their actions. So they just did whatever they had to do to recruit someone. People got bad taste in their mouth and everyone hated that company. But here's the thing, that that situation was encompassed. It was shielded 
into that community because there was no information. There was no like information being freely shared. The best thing that you could do is a newspaper or a radio and like, you know, individuals aren't getting put in newspapers and not getting put on the radio. All they can do is tell their friends. So this bad stuff that was happening was being encompassed or shielded or, you know, stuck within that community. And so these companies, these old school companies could still move on. They could still grow. Well, the internet comes out and it basically opens the lines of communication between everyone and all the secrets freaking start flying out. And you start to see, if you go look at, go look at the revenue of, of these giant MLM companies in the U.S. post-information age, I dare you, what you'll see is it starts declining. And in some cases, it declines very sharply because all of the cats are out of the bag. And here's what happens. Nobody wants to join these companies that, that had representatives that screwed people over in the past. It's not the company's fault. The company's a good, good company. It's not the people that we work with today. They're good people. It's the people before us that screwed up the opportunity. And here's the thing. Sometimes there are things that are just beyond our control. Meaning, like, the opportunity, people just do not want certain opportunities. Period. Like, if I told you that you could go into the horse and buggy business, you're going to get crushed by people in the car business. If you're trying to make a new Honda like, you're going to get crushed because companies like Tesla are coming out. It's an old opportunity. It's no longer relevant. And we still can control our future. But here's what we do. We don't try to make the Honda better or try to make a new Honda. We make a new Tesla. We go to where the market is going. Whenever you start a real business, and by the way, I do think MLM is a real business if you can do it correctly. But whenever you start a business like for yourself... You, the dumbest way you can start a business is by saying, hey, you know what I'm going to do? I've got this thing and I'm going to sell this thing. That's stupid. That's why most people fail. The smartest thing you could do is say, what does the market want? What do people want? And then go create the thing that people want because they freaking want it. So of course they'll give you money. And what I was doing is I was trying to take something that already existed that people no longer wanted and trying to shove it down people's throats. Thus, I had horrible attrition, we had horrible recruiting, and everyone was suffering. And the only people that were actually doing well were people that made their teams, built their teams and their relationships before the information age, and now they're doing their best to try to hold on to those teams. That's an absolute fact, and it's, it's just the way it is right now. Maybe does that change in the future? I don't know. It could, and if it does, like, this... This information I'm giving you could not be as relevant. And you know what? For the sake of my friends that are in those companies, I hope that it does turn around someday. But as of this moment, it's not. And I hope that the people that stay in those companies that are my friends, I hope they grow and I hope they do good things. That's a true statement. I really hope they do. But here's the thing. I don't want to be driving to a freaking hotel meetings and Starbucks meetings and making dumb phone calls every single day of my life just to hold together a few hundred grand a year. That's stupid. That's absolutely stupid. A few hundred grand a year is a joke. You need to create systems that can automatically recruit people into your business without you talking to them or maybe talking to them one time. Then you need to create systems to automatically build your depth and you create relationships with the people in that depth that actually matter and you can make seven figures, eight figures in your business because that's what matters, right? You really want a 45-hour, 50-hour-a-week job trying to babysit people that think 300 bucks to start a business is a lot of money? You really want that? I did it for five years. It's horrible. It sucks. Don't 
do that. Don't go down that rabbit hole. So five and a half years in, I start thinking about these things. And I, and I start putting these things together in my head. I start making connections. And I'm like, wow, this is nuts. So I start testing things. I start, I start realizing that maybe I can use the internet to build my business. And I didn't realize that it was already an entire attraction marketing um, uh, model like already built out. I had no idea. I thought I literally invented <laughs> internet marketing for MLMers, which is hilarious and ignorant. Shows you, shows you how much of my head was in the sand. And uh, we started doing it. We started trying it. And it worked moderately, right? And, um, and we, we started to generate, I remember my best, my best kind of like case study, if you will, I generated 334 leads in 12 hours using the internet. And I was like, oh my gosh, dude, like if I'm contacting uh, you know, 10 people a day, I'm getting three numbers a day, let's say three, four numbers a day, cold contacting, three numbers a day times five days a week, that's 15, 60 new numbers a month. It would take me five to six months to get 300 leads. I did it in 12 hours using the internet. Boom. Oh my gosh. And I started to get a little bit of results with that. And, but what I found is what I just told you, what I found is no matter how I generated my leads, like, yes, was I able to generate leads? Yes. But the second that those people, those leads found out that my opportunity was the horse and buggy, it was the opportunity that they didn't want because of all the bad stuff that was said about it, of all the negative stigma. The second they found out that they would have to play verbal jujitsu, that they had to become a verbal ninja like I was, that's when it stopped. And that's when they didn't get in. So yeah, did we get some success with that? Yes, we did. But did we still ever make a ton of money? No, we never did. Not in that business. And, and that's when I was like, I, I didn't know what to think at that point. And something that I have never really told anyone, but the, the, the final straw that, that broke the camel's back was this. And, I'm, I, I, and I, there's very few people that know this, this story. There's just a few, um, just a few people in our kind of like inner circle of um, not even necessarily friends, but just like inner circle of like business acquaintances that kind of believe the same way we believe. They're the only people that know this. And I've always avoided saying this to anyone because I didn't want to hurt the people in our old company. Um, I didn't want to hurt them. I didn't want them to feel that they were in a bad business because I care about them and I care about their future. I care about their dreams. And I don't want them to second guess them. And I don't want to hurt my uplines business because I love them. Um, I really do love them as people. But, you know, for me to serve you properly and for me to actually feel free enough to speak what I know can help you... I have to tell you this and I have to tell you what happened next and I have to tell you why we ended up leaving that first company. Now we didn't leave to go join another company. You know, at this exact moment where we are inactive in, in any MLM. Um, but at some day in the future, I think we might, we might build one again. And that's a very real possibility. Um, because what I'm about to tell you is, is, is nutty and it blew my mind. And, um, there comes a time when you're just like, I feel like I have to serve people and this is, and this is the way that I believe I have to do it. And so, uh, during some of this time, um, I had started a marketing agency. So I, so I basically like, I had taught myself how to online market or to market online to get leads online for myself. And I was getting pretty good results. Um, and I actually, I accidentally started an agency, a marketing agency. And I started, you know, getting results for people outside of the MLM world. I started working for clients and, um, and making money. And, and I ended up making double my corporate salary within nine months of starting that business. And uh, I told you that before. And that was mind-blowing to me. Well, during this time, um, 
somebody saw my ad, and he was a top earner in another, in another MLM. And he ended up asking me if I could run ads for him. And I thought about it for a long time. And the, the truth of the matter was, at that time, I didn't want to take any more clients. So I wasn't searching for clients I didn't want anymore. Um, and I really didn't know if I should, like morally, because I was... At that point, like I was very inactively building our business, our you know our original MLM. I was very lukewarm. I wasn't doing a whole lot. I was just kind of coasting. Um, so I wasn't doing jack with it, but I was still I was still in it, and uh, and I didn't know if I could, in the right mind, in my right heart, like help someone else build their MLM. I, I just didn't know if I could. And the truth of the matter is, like if you're serving people, you're serving me. You're, you're serving people. Period. But at that moment at time, like I just, I, I couldn't wrap my head around it, but I was like, I ended up doing it. I'm saying, okay. And I, to be honest with you, looking back, I don't fully know why I said yes. Um, I think what it was is I wanted to see if my strategies could provide better results in a different company without me actually joining one. Cause I never wanted to join another MLM. I never wanted to, um, and I wanted to kind of see, like, could my work, could my work produce better results in another company? Because if it could, like, that would prove to me that my theory that nobody wants this opportunity more is true. Because what I just told you a minute ago about, like, new opportunity, old opportunity, that was just a theory at the time. But I was like, if, if that happened, I could prove that theory true if it actually worked better. If it worked the same, if, like, it worked the same on both fronts, like, maybe my stuff is just mediocre. Maybe it doesn't actually work that well. So I said, okay, and I did it. And um, what happened next blew my mind. We, he started, I say we, it's not we, it's him. We started generating really, 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 really good leads. And every single week we would generate three, 400 leads for this guy and at least 30 to 50 phone numbers for him to call. Like, and pe- these, when I say phone numbers, these are people that had saw part of his presentation they know exactly who he is, who his company is. They know the opportunity, and they want to talk to him on the phone about joining. We're generating 30 to 50 of these leads a week. Not just random phone numbers. These are the people that wanted to join his business. 30 to 50 a week. And bare minimum, he started registering 30-plus people, or not 30-plus, but 30, around 30 people every single month personally, not including his depth. Not including his depth. These are 30 personal people that he would personally put in every single month. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is insanity. Like, insanity. Because he's not, like, there's no work happening. We did the work one time to build the ads in the funnel. We let it run. And he just collects leads. He calls them one time and boom, they're in the business. And they're they're people that are qualified, they have the money, they don't complain, they get on the auto ship, they do all of it. And I'm like, this is freaking nuts. This is nuts. Like, all of it is gone. There's no coffee meetings, no hotel meetings, no stupid phone calls, no one, no helping people get over dumb objections to pay $200 to register in a business. They just freaking did it. <clears throat> and the more I festered on that, the more that camel's back kept breaking the more it just kept like piling on like evidence upon evidence upon evidence upon evidence upon evidence that there is a better way to do the business. 
Not only is there a better business model, but there's a better way to think about the whole entire thing. And to be honest with you, the majority of it is very rebellious against the original MLM doctrine. And that's why we call this movement, this podcast, MLM Rebels. And I hope it turns into a movement. I'm scared of it turning into a movement. I'm scared of it turning into something big because I know that we're going to get shots taken at us. I know that for the for the 70% of people that like us, there's going to be 20% of people that don't. And, and out of the... The, and then after that, there's going to be 10% of people that really freaking hate us and they're outrageously mad. And there's people that, be, that are going to be offended. They're going to feel betrayed. They're going to feel just angry. And you know what? I don't want that to happen. But I'm so convicted in this that it has to happen anyway. I have to serve the 70% that are willing to step out of their comfort zone, that are willing to say, you know what? What I learned in the past was good. But I'm ready to step into something new. I'm ready to change the world instead of trying to get the world to just want this old thing. And when that happened, that story happened, I had a decision to make, and I realized that I could no longer look anyone in the face and say, hey, my opportunity is a good use of your time. I just, I couldn't do it. And because I know it's not. I know it's not the best use of your time because of what I did in my agency, because of what I've done in this other guy's business. I know for an absolute fact that there are multiple other things that you can do better for your time financially. And in fact, there are things that you can make a bigger impact in this world with than that opportunity that I was a part of. Because the reason that I stuck around so long was for the relationships and for the perceived impact that I can make on people's lives. But the truth of the matter is, if it's not growing fast, you are not making an impact, and I couldn't swallow that pill. But when that story happened, I festered on that for months, and it finally snapped. And I finally came to the conclusion that there was no logical reason that I could possibly stay in a broken business model because I was having less impact than I was capable of, and I was serving less people than I was capable of, I was helping less people financially than I was capable of, helping myself less, And I was making less of an impact for, in my opinion, for God than I was capable of. And that is a problem. When your vision doesn't line up with what you're doing, it creates tension in your life, creates tension in everything that you do. And I had to separate it. And so I eventually, Ashley and I left that company and it was very painful. And our team team is still there today. And we didn't take anyone with us because quite honestly, like we had nowhere to take them. We were not moving into another business, right? We had... That, that, wasn't, that wasn't there. We were just leaving because we knew that this isn't it. And I wish, I wish it could have been because I love the people, but it just isn't. And today, it's taken a while. It's taken months to kind of break the, the veneers off enough to have the courage to even make this podcast, to even make this episode, to even be willing to do all of this. But they're finally off enough to where I can at least start. We can at least start. And we're not there yet. The courage isn't fully there, but we just have to begin. And my hope for you and my hope for us is that we can do this together. That I can show you what we've done for this other guy. And someday, we'll probably do it for us too. We'll probably, we'll probably join another MLM in the future and take these superpowers that we've created and apply them there. But for right now, I can help you use those superpowers for your business. And... Someday, if we do our own MLM, maybe maybe you're with us there and we do it all there and we have our superpowers all together. But if you never do that, if we never do that, 
at least we can help you now. And I can show you how to generate hundreds of leads in 12 hours. I can show you how to register, how to have 50, 60, 70, 80, 100 people calling you every single week to join your business. I can show you how to, pay, how to register 10, 20, 30 brand new personal reps a month by yourself, not including your depth. And I can show you why breaking the crap, breaking the doctrine, breaking the old school mindset in old school MLM is actually the number one thing that this industry needs. It's the number one thing that we need to do. We need to break the cult mindset, the absolute bull crap of the industry. And we need to show people that this is a legitimate business. This is a legitimate movement and it can change the world. So with that, guys, I hope this has been fun. This has been 35 minutes. So it's been a little bit longer than the average episode will be, I promise you. But I wanted to get this out there. I wanted to share this with you. So hope you're having a good day. Love you all. And we'll see you in the next episode.